Welcome to Europe Explained, brought to you by the Council of Europe. This podcast series offers a unique window into what we are doing to create a fairer, more democratic Europe. Through conversations with experts and frontline workers, we bring you closer to the issues that matter, from fighting discrimination to upholding human rights, from defending democracy to building laws, systems and institutions that are just, fair and open to all. Hello and welcome to Europe Explained. I'm your host, Paivi Suhonen. Today we are talking about Russia's war against Ukraine. And joining us for this discussion is Ambassador Boris Tarashuk, permanent representative of Ukraine to the Council of Europe. Good morning. Going back in time a couple of years, what are your personal memories of the day the invasion began? Of course, it was an unusual day. Uh, It started for me actually at night when I got the call from foreign ministry very early in the morning um, before 5 a.m. on 24th of February 2022. Of course, immediately I was tempted to call the then presidency of the Committee of Ministers, uh, permanent representative of Italy, Michele Giacomelli, and um, I was uh, trying not to bother him that early as I received the call, and uh, I dared to call him at 5.40 and requested uh, an urgent meeting of the Committee of Ministers uh, that day uh, on 24th of uh, February. Since that time, we started uh, very intensive contacts uh, over the phone call, And um, very early at uh, 8, we had a meeting of our staff in the mission uh, where we discussed possible steps. Um, This very day, we already prepared uh, a draft possible decision of the Committee of Ministers, which uh, was discussed um, during the day of 24th. On this same day, we had um, an urgent uh, consultations of the Committee of Ministers, these uh, urgent consultations uh, continued uh, with the meeting, official meeting, urgent meeting of the Committee of Ministers on 25th of February. Uh, on this same day, 25th of February, the draft uh, decision was already prepared. Uh, the consultations were still going on. And um, on 25th of February, there was a joint meeting of the Committee of Ministers and the uh, PACE where it was um, no decisions taken, but uh, just the consultations uh, started, uh, which led uh, to the first uh, decisions on 25th of February by the Committee of Ministers uh, to prepare a resolution, a draft decision concerning the suspension of participation of uh, Russian Federation in two uh, statutory bodies, that is the Committee of Ministers and the PACE. Well, and uh, we talked about the suspension of participation, not uh, of the final result of these discussions. Since that time, the consultations were uh, still going on. Not everybody were ready to take um, a decision which was uh, eventually has been taken. Uh, that is um, the exclusion of Russia from Council of Europe for serious violations of Articles 3 and 8 of the Council of Europe Statute. So it um, 
comes later. Some a group of countries were against uh, exclusion of Russia. But finally, we came to a conclusion, and this um, political readiness to take a resolute decision on the exclusion of Russia came after the decision of the urgent meeting of the Parliamentary Assembly, which took a decision to expel Russia from the Council of Europe on 15th of March. After that decision of the PACE, uh, Committee of Ministers became much more courageous, and uh, this led to the meeting of the Committee of Ministers on 16th of March, which uh, took a decision to exclude Russia from the Council of Europe. So this same day, uh, the Russian flag was removed from uh, before the uh, Palais uh, building. And um, afterwards, on 23rd of uh, March, Committee of Ministers decided to exclude Russia from all partial agreements. So that uh, was uh, the reaction of the Committee of Ministers uh, from the very beginning. And I must underline here that the Committee of Ministers, the Council of Europe in general, was the first international organization, intergovernmental organization, which took uh, a very decisive decision to expel Russia from the Council of Europe. So, and it remains the only international organization that uh, expelled Russia from its ranks. What does it mean to you, uh, to Ukraine, to have that kind of support of the Council of Europe? Well, of course, uh, since the Council of Europe was the first international organization to take these decisive decisions, I think that uh, it was very important uh, for Ukraine and for our people who started to fight to resist Russian uh, invasion, to have this um, political and moral support. So from the first point of view, it was a political and moral support. Uh, later, the Council of Europe proved uh, to be, again, the only international organization ready to take legal decisions. So this was very important that the Council of Europe was taking decisions according to its statute. This was the force of the Council of Europe, legitimate and legal force of the Council of Europe. So subsequently, Council of Europe did not stop on these uh, facts and uh, it started to work um, with the next stages of reaction uh, to the Russian aggression. First of all, there was a unanimous decision from the Council of Europe within the Committee of Ministers that um, the accountability should one of the pillar of the reaction of the Council of Europe uh, on Russian aggression. And starting from this uh, point, we started to work um, over the concrete steps to be taken to bring Russia accountable for the aggression. One of the first ideas which was presented by Ukraine was to prepare very concrete compensational mechanism for the damage inflicted by Russian aggression. And this um, proposal was um, put forward in summer 22 uh, by Ukraine and later uh, we started to work over the possible decision. It was not that easy endeavor and task. I remember some delegations were strongly opposing the idea of creating a register of damage as a first step. But uh, it was uh, in uh, autumn 22 when we faced uh, the opposition from some leading member states. But finally, until uh, uh, spring 23, 
we found a solution and political consensus among member states to approve the first element of compensational mechanism, that is the register of damage. Decision was taken by the Committee of Ministers, but the register of damage was inaugurated uh, the first day of uh, the summit uh, in Reykjavik on 16th, 17th of uh, May last year. Can you tell about the, what difference this kind of register makes to Ukraine? Register of damage uh, is a necessary legal element of beginning of receiving and stockpiling and verifying the complaints from uh, physical and legal entities of Ukraine. It means that uh, as soon as the register was established, uh, the work uh, started, uh, the executive director was approved, uh, the conference of parties to the enlarged partial uh, agreement on register of damage got together and um, we started to work uh, with the preparation of the secretariat of the register of damage. Uh, we hope that by the end of this year, 24th, it will be finalized, but um, we expect the register of damage will begin its activities, that is to receive complaints from Ukrainian physical and legal entities as of April this year. Also, we expect that um, very soon the satellite office of the register of damage will be opened, inaugurated and opened in Kyiv, Ukraine. Hope it will be uh, very soon. So that's what I can say about the register of damage. Since February 24, 2022, Ukraine has managed to continue meeting commitments to the Council of Europe, for example, by putting into practice judgments of the European Court of Human Rights. How could you say, under these circumstances, how has it been? Uh, is it very difficult or has it been uh, easy for you to live up to your commitments? Thank you for this question. Well, despite of all challenges Ukraine was facing since the beginning of uh, Russian full-scale aggression, Ukraine never refused from its commitments before the Council of Europe including its commitments under the uh, European Convention on Human and Fundamental Rights. So, uh, although we remain the third uh, largest country with the greatest number of uh, complaints from uh, citizens, we never refused from our obligations to fulfill uh, the judgments of the European Court on Human Rights. And uh, now we are witnessing the process of gradual uh, reduction of um, our areas or, or, or depths before the European Convention on Human Rights and the uh, judgments of the European Human Rights uh, Court. It's giving uh, results, uh, your work, and that leads us to this EU membership. How can the Council of Europe help Ukraine in this bid for you to integrate the uh, European Union? Probably it will be strange for some people, but it has a direct relevance. The bid of Ukraine to join the European Union and uh, the Council of Europe. As soon as um, it became known that uh, the European Union uh, has a political will to consider the beginning of the process of entry to the European Union of Ukraine, by the way, I would like to stress here that this was uh, during the large-scale war of Russia against Ukraine that the European Union took such a um, historic decision. And the European Union began the process of verifying the readiness of Ukraine to begin the negotiations. 
over the membership and in this regard uh, it asked the Council of Europe, uh, namely the Venice Commission, to consider some Ukrainian laws which relates to human rights, uh, fundamental freedoms uh, and democracy. And in particular, it um, relied uh, the judgment to the Council of Europe, uh, in particular Venice Commission, to consider three legislative acts of Ukraine concerning the oligarchization, concerning um, the uh, national minority rights and the composition of the Constitutional Court. So these um, acts, legislative acts of Ukraine, uh, were scrupulously uh, verified by the Venice Commission. Uh, and after some changes and introductions uh, into the legislative acts, Venice Commission finally approved a recommendation which was sent to the European Union that uh, Ukraine compliance in these uh, uh, three legislations with the requirements of uh, the Venice Commission and the Council of Europe. In this difficult situation that you are in uh, today, what would you say, what more can the Council of Europe do to support Ukraine? Well, uh, I must say that uh, after we overcame the difficulties in uh, expelling Russia from the Council of Europe and uh, in adopting a first uh, unique uh, uh, document that is Register of Damage. All of my colleagues in the Committee of Ministers uh, started to feel themselves uh, proud of what we have done together, collectively. And um, in this regard, uh, there is uh, a readiness in the Committee of Ministers to work over the two and other elements of the comprehensive uh, compensation mechanism, that is the Compensational Commission and Compensational Fund. So now the, we are facing this uh, immense task and I feel the political readiness of the Committee of Ministers to work over these uh, challenges. Also, there is um, a growing readiness in the Committee of Ministers to work over another Ukrainian proposal, that is the formation of international uh, special tribunal on the crime of aggression against Ukraine. So this is a unique task which is um, the international community is facing and uh, very important that the Committee of Ministers is ready to assume this uh, immense task and responsibility. But this is the task for the future, hopefully not that distant future. And uh, I think that uh, probably this year we will begin these uh, new challenges facing us and be active in uh, facilitating the process of preparing two elements of the comprehensive compensation mechanism, as well as a special tribunal. Thank you very much, Ambassador. Thank you. Thank you. Tack så mycket. Tack så mycket. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Europe Explained. I am Pai Visuonen and today we talked about Russia's war against Ukraine with Ambassador Boris Tarashuk, permanent representative of Ukraine to the Council of Europe. If you enjoyed this discussion and wish to explore more topics, be sure to check out our other episodes of Europe Explained. You can also learn more about the Council of Europe and its initiatives at our website www.coe.int. Don't forget to follow us on social media for the latest updates and insights. You can find us on X, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Thank you very much for listening and we look forward to bringing you more conversations on crucial and timely European matters in our upcoming episodes. Come on.